Christian Arkin, Megan Adelini, it's Arkin and Mego here, Sports Radio WEEI. And joining us right now on the Harbor One Hotline, it's brought to you by Northeast Electrical, where pros need pros at needco.com and by Town Fair Tire for the best prices on tires. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. It's Dan Orlovsky of ESPN joining us here on the show. Dan, uh, thanks for joining us once again here. As uh, you know, this is more of a post-mortem situation with the Patriots. <laughs> Let's go ahead and uh, start with that game because there's also a lot of Belichick stuff we want to ask you about, too, with his press conference and everything. But let's just start with the game, the spectacle that was uh, Orchard Park on Sunday and the way the uh, Patriots responded to it. What were your main takeaways from, uh, from, from that game? Yeah, the reality is they were going into a tough environment naturally because Buffalo, but everything that happened with DeMar Hamlin and his recovery and the emotions attached to it, the Patriots were going into a place that I give them a lot of credit. They played really good football um, as a football team outside of kickoff. But, um, you know, without those two, and and we talked about this on NFL Live a little bit this week, like without those two kick returns, man, that's an absolute down-to-the-last-moment game. So, um I thought they played a pretty darn good football game when it came to everything they had to go handle. And, um, you know, Josh made some incredible throws, one on the run, one deep ball to step that really won him the football game outside of the returns. Certainly the best offensive performance. I think the starting, you know, the starters have strung together on this team. What jumped out at you about the offense? Like, where were where was this offense you go all back year, season? Like six weeks ago. You want to go back to like six weeks ago, and when I said some stuff about play action, um, you know, I I think the game was very similar to what they did against Minnesota as far as success. You know, um, I, I remember watching the game and watching that. I think it was that second quarter drive where they, because I was in the moment thinking, dude, Mac just ran four play action passes in a row. And I think six out of the eight plays on a touchdown drive or play action, I actually sent out a tweet going, well, look at that. Bunch of play action down the field, and, and they go and score a touchdown. You know, it was definitely that world. They, they excelled in that when they called it, um, and they called it a decent amount. I want, I actually thought it was probably Matt Patricia's um, best game of the season when it came to the feel for play calling and whatnot. Um, you know, Devontae made some plays in those opportunity throws. I don't know where this offense is. I can tell you, this offense has been, you know, locked in a box. They just haven't done it. And I don't want to, you guys don't have me come on the show to sometimes speak in simplicity, but I think that's a relatively simple point is they just did not do what they were the best at this year enough on offense. So it sounds like you're saying, Dan, they finally got it right and they should bring all the coaches back and run it back next season. Yes. Absolutely not. (laughs) I mean, we've talked about this. I I think that this offense has got a chance to still be a good unit. It was, it was a below average unit this year and they've got to figure out some stuff in their offensive line. And I know I think Wayne's a free agent and they still need a perimeter player that can win consistently versus one-on-one coverage. They don't have that guy right now, Um, but there absolutely needs to be a new coach. There's no way that you can go into a third year with a quarterback the downside is it's going to be his third offense right. in three years. But the reality is he's intelligent enough to learn a, a, a new offense if that's what the new offensive – they need an offensive coordinator that has a proven track record of running good offensive um, or good offenses in the NFL. I, obviously, I've thrown out Bill O'Brien like many have, Cliff Kingsbury. I did this on live yesterday. The difference between an exclamation point and a question mark. Last year, there was an exclamation point attached to the why from Mac Jones. I know why we are calling these plays. 
And this year there was often the question mark, why are we calling this play? And um, it's not fair to him. And if you as an organization think, well, he's going to be the guy, then it's, there's no question. It would be lunacy to run it back. So we're talking to Dan Orlowski from ESPN. Dan, I'm not sure if you saw this report that was out there this morning, a conversation between Mike Florio and Chris Sims about Mac Jones reportedly reaching out to people outside of the Patriots organization, asking for help with how this offense could operate better during the season. Is there anything on its face there that is so egregious to you about that, that that is offensive maybe back to Belichick or the way that the, you know, disrespectful to the chain of command in Foxborough? No. <laughs> uh, I don't know where they finished in their offensive rankings, and I know some of those numbers get skewed depending on if it's points per game or points per play or all, you know, whatnot. But the, the fact that the quarterback realizes this is not good enough and wants to figure out ways to make it better that's an appealing trait and an encouraging trait. I just don't think that it is, you know, one that needs to be under Matt Patricia and Joe Judge's reign. And I'm not saying fire these guys and they're out of jobs and whatnot. I'm just saying you have to bring an offensive coordinator. So, no, I, I like the fact that Mac wants to address what wasn't good enough this year and try to figure out ways um, and tap into other resources and and advice from people who um, maybe have been a part of other ones that have been successful. Dan, when Bill Belichick was asked about Mac Jones' future, he said that Mac Jones has the ability to play quarterback in the NFL. If a coach answered a question about you that way, what would you think? Um, oh, thank you for confirming the obvious. <laughs> uh, you know, again, I, 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 I've said this before. When Coach Belichick says stuff, I don't put a ton of weight on it because he never says anything. Um, you know, I, I think that... Uh, he fits exactly the, the Mac Jones fits exactly the way that Bill Belichick has played football for a very long time and had a ton of success in it. And with the right people around him um, and the right coaching staff, you win a lot of games with Mac Jones. I'm not going to tell people that he's a guy that you win a lot of games because of, but you'll win a lot of games with Mac Jones if he's handled the right way. So going back to the offensive coordinator position, assuming Patricia is not back this, this next season, yeah. And it's and Bill O'Brien is the obvious name. It's it's out there so much. But what about Cliff Kingsbury? Because I did see you tweet that yesterday. Wonder if Pats would bring in or consider Kingsbury as OC. Uh, do you think that is a realistic option? I, I do. You know, he obviously has a tie of the organization, haven't played there. The reason why I say this about Cliff, I don't think that Cliff needs and or wants a running quarterback as much as the, the history of his offense has had. I, that, that's the reality of college football. Um, I also think this, um, the reason why I attach Cliff to it a little bit is I can make the case that years ago, Nick Saban played offensive style or viewed offensive football in a certain way. And he realized, okay, that's not good enough anymore. I got to change. And that's why he went and hired different play callers for his offense and tried to get a different offensive system built down in Alabama. We know that Coach Belichick and Nick are tight. And I think that Cliff is a smart enough coach and also, the things that I hear about Cliff Kingsbury as a person are phenomenal. Those are just what I hear. And so you want to pair him with a guy that's very smart and an offense that is a little bit unconventional and difficult to have to handle and allow maybe a new type of philosophy in New England to try to kind of revamp this late career run for Coach Belichick. What are the odds, though, that Cliff is getting, you know, he's getting paid by 
the Cardinals for a few years yep. that he wants to just, you know, take a break from the world of the NFL yeah. because of everything he just went through. Yeah, I think coaches like coaching. You know, I think once you get into that world, you're a coach, you know, so often. And, and those guys are competitive. Um, they have a ton of self-confidence. There is also the reality, like, you, you, he's, Cliff's still young. You know, it's not like Cliff's going to hang it up now and be done. And It's a place where you can go, and it, we don't know who the future head coach is going to be there. And, and um, I think it's a good place to try and go rehab some of the narrative around you. If you're a coach, certainly in an offensive mind, it's all if you believe in Mac Jones. And if you do, and he's a guy that really challenges his quarterbacks intellectually, um, he's going to be getting paid either way, so you might as well be in doing what you love. How many more years do you think the Bill Belichick-Mac Jones partnership will exist for? I hope for many more. You know, I hope I don't, if, if nothing changes, I, it won't be a, much longer. It'll be another year, if that. If nothing changes at their play caller spot, I think if he, you know, makes the tough decision to make the proper moves, I, I'm hopeful that it's for years to come as long as Coach Belichick is coaching. With DeAndre Hopkins shaking loose, how much of a difference in Mac's development do you think that would make having someone like that uh, on the field for him? Yeah, I mean, I could have Jalen Hurts answer that for you. I could have Josh Allen answer that for you. I, I could have Tua Tunga Bailoa answer that for you. I mean, those those guys are difference makers. They make everything easier for the quarterback. Am I throwing it to that guy pre-snap? Can I or can I not? And if I can, more often than not, I'm going to throw it to Those offenses, when you have a guy like that, you build your offense through him. And they change everything. They change how defenses prepare, how defenses align, not only in the pass game, in the run game as well. Look at Philadelphia. Watch how many times Philadelphia runs towards A.J. Brown's side. Because defenses have to put extra defenders deep to that side. That means there's less people down towards the football. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm a huge fan of Hop. Um, I think he's still got a lot of good football left in him. I will say this. Um, there's a lot of really good receivers that come out of college football nowadays because they're so much more prepared to play because of all the seven-on-seven reps they get as teenagers. So it's always, you know, how much is it going to cost you worth the risk conversation? All right, let's take the uh, coaching out of it for a second, Dan, and let me ask you, looking at this roster top to bottom, what's the first thing that needs to be addressed personnel-wise? Yeah, they got to get a perimeter player on offense that can win consistently versus man-to-man coverage. They don't have that person. Um, you know, Jacoby, I think Jacoby's a guy that can win consistently versus man in the slot, but he's not going to be a guy that threatens you with the, some of the explosive elements that are needed in, in college football and in the NFL nowadays. You've got to get a guy that can kind of create chunks versus man coverage. Um, so I think that's step number one. Step number two is fixing the offensive line. The offensive line was not a good pass-protecting offensive line this year, only in play action. So you got to really figure out your tackle position. The tackles were a disaster this year. Um, you know, the tight ends are, are the tight ends worth how much you're paying them? Uh, you know, I can make the case no. And so you got to figure out what you want to do with those two tight ends um, and, and if you're using them in the proper manner. All right, we'll leave it right there then. Dan Orlovsky, it's been great talking with you this season. I'm sure uh, we'll continue to uh, hammer this offseason for the Patriots. It's a big one, so uh, thanks so much. 
Thanks, guys. All right, Dan Orlovsky is brought to you by Wise Snacks. Go to wisegameday.com for your chance to win one of 100 authentic pro football jerseys. Hey, all right. Uh, 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the Patriots. We got some uh, sound from them that we will hear. We'll react to some more sound from Bill Belichick that's a little uh, couple days old. But, yeah, we'll get to uh, that. Plus, some news from Tom Curran. All that coming up this hour. Uh, but first, here's Ryan with the trending. Sports Radio WEE, I want to say thanks again to Dan Orlovsky for joining us in that last segment. Are we going to keep talking to Dan, by the way, or is that it? Uh, as far as I've been told that we will continue to have Dan All Orlovsky right. through the Super Bowl. Dan, oh, nice. very nice. Um, so that's good. I always like to hear from him. I thought he had some good insight there into the Patriots and their future. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that was said two days ago. Oh, good. By Finally. Bill Belichick. I think it's about time someone addressed Bill Belichick's comments. I don't know anyone else who's done it. Um, This was Bill. He was talking with Tommy Curran, and Curran was giving him the business a little bit. Curran kept, uh, you know how he likes to ask these questions that you try and cover all the bases so Bill can't wriggle out, you know what I mean? I think uh, uh, Ryan had the best description. He says every time Curran asks a question to uh, Bill, it's like he's trying to disarm a bomb. (laughs) <laughs> Verbally disarmable, Bob. Yeah, that's, that's basically right. Um, listen to uh, just just to revisit this because I want to I want to touch on this. Here's Bill Belichick uh, two days ago in his end of the season pressure. So many of us on the outside, deferring obviously to your expertise, resume, experience, and everything, said, "Well, obviously he knows better than we do." But the, it did seem a dubious choice. In hindsight, did we have a point? Yeah, I, I, I would, uh, again, at that point in time, at every point in time, I've may, always made what I felt like were the best decisions for the team. That's all I can say. You can have your opinion on them, whatever it is. I understand that. But I always did what I felt was best for the team in every area, at every point in time since I've been the head coach of the New England Patriots. And I'll always continue to do that. I'll put the team first and do what I feel is best for the team. And whether you agree or disagree with that, it's, it's up to you. I don't, you know, I respect that, but I'm always going to do what I feel is best. Well, we have such a hard time is understanding why something is best when it is not a straight line obviousness. And we don't get a lot of clarity from you why something that seems dubious is best. So we end up casting a boat. That's a statement, not a question. I understand we're on limited Got time it. here. So there you go. Ends it with a statement <laughs> just to make sure everybody yeah, knows what you're talking question, about. That's not a question, Bill. Yeah, I got it. Thank so you. So what I know about this availability, you can tell by the microphones, it was on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And there were so many people on the call that each person was only given one question, which meant that nobody could do follow-ups. So as you know, the, okay, one question takes us here and then somebody else is writing something else or doing another TV hit for on something completely different. So then you zag over here. Right. So it got to a point where I think Curran just, you know, I don't know, he like went crowd surfing on top of everyone and was like, here's what we need to get to. And I'm just going to, I'm going to take as long as it takes to get us here mm-hmm. because now can you say that Matt Patricia was a bad choice for this position? Now can you say it? And the interesting thing that jumped out at me, I know, I know, Arkan, that you're fixated on the best thing for the team at the right. time, was that Bill said at that point in time, back then, True. I yeah. felt like that was the best thing for the team. Mm-hmm. At that point in time, that's what I thought was best. Now, I think if you look back at that point in time. At that point in time, at every point in time, I've every, always made what I felt like were the best time. decisions for the team. I think that's him catching himself. <laughs> 
At that point, it back in February, it didn't seem back that before crazy. I saw how much of a jackass this guy was. Uh, damn it, he got me. <laughs> Hold on, this was every time, at every time, you're not just you're then. making that personal. He's never ever gonna say anything against Patricia's character, which you can be mad about the way that Patricia sure. has has comported himself in past media availabilities and everything. But look, Patricia, we've heard worked very hard this year. He wasn't trying to fail. He was put in a position to fail. And that's what that's what they're trying to ask about there. Yeah. And I think that his answer is... Why did you put your best friend in a position to fail, Paul? Right. Why did you do this? Why did you set this thing up this way? Why did you not only set your best friend up for failure, but also your second-year quarterback and everybody else involved in the offense? At and that all- point in time, at every point in time, I've may- always made what I felt like were the best decisions for the team. And I believe him. I believe that he felt that that was the best decision for the team at the time. And when he says the best decision for the team, it means it's good for the team because we don't have to pay this guy. It's good for them because, uh, you know, we can save some money here and just bring in these old coaches who know the system and we can have them uh, have big roles. It won't be coordinators, but they can have big roles. And that'll be good for the team because they know how it works around here and I won't have to teach them everything and we can all just keep on uh, keep on uh, uh, trucking. But unfortunately, it was such a disaster and everyone knew it was going to be such a disaster that when I hear Bill say that now, it's like when you hear one of the other coaches from his coaching tree say things like that. Well, I did this because I felt like it was the best thing. Okay, Eric Mangini, it didn't work, and you're fired. Like, you know, like that's usually how those conversations go. And now that Bill is, you know, what he is now without Tom Brady, and the team is what it is now without Tom Brady, and he's still sort of going back to that same old refrain, it just it rings hollow now. There's no, there's nothing really behind it that I feel good about anymore. I don't necessarily know that I trust Bill Belichick. I said this to Andy Hart the other day, and you guys both jumped down my throat, by the way. But I don't know that I trust Bill Belichick to handle this part of Mac Jones's career right now. I don't know that I trust him. I don't know that he has his best interest in mind. And maybe he thinks he does. But you tell me, was this last uh, season in the best interest of Mac Jones and his future in the offense? The offense got set back at least five years, it looks like. With, uh, with these decisions that Bill Belichick made. And it's not just Mac Jones. I mean, obviously, he's the quarterback right now, but it's the whole team. It's the whole organization, which is going to keep on going without Bill Belichick, whether you like it or not, and, you know, whether he breaks Shula's record here or not. And I just sort of feel like if that's really what he's leaning on, if his, if his whole thing, his whole explanation for this is, I just thought it was, was best for the team, just like every other decision I've ever made, that's very troubling to me. And I just wonder how troubling that is to the crafts. Because if that's all you're giving me, if that's all you're saying is, well, you know, it didn't work, but I, it was the best thing for the team, and I'll keep on making decisions just like this one if I think it's best for the team. I don't want that. I don't think the crafts could afford that. And that has to be something that's considered here. It's not very satisfying. It's not a very satisfying explanation. The truth, I think, is he knew he was rolling the dice. He was rolling the dice, but it was somebody he trusted, and he thought that, well, at least this way, I can incorporate some of these schemes that I've been wanting to to try out. I can overhaul the offense, and we're not going anywhere this year anyway, realistically. So we can still make the playoffs the way that we usually do, And I can get a head start on year three when we have the money to spend. And maybe Bill O'Brien is back here. But for this year, it'll be a development year. And you couldn't even stick to that. I mean, that's the thing is if you were this team was not built to do the Shanahan style offense and you didn't have the coaching there to do it outside of Bill Belichick. You didn't have anyone with any specialty in it. But you also gave up on that. Like you gave up on all of it. Mm -hmm. So when we say about when we say that this is a lost year, that's what we're talking about. But 
you know, doing what's best for the team, I think he knew he was rolling the, he was rolling the dice on this one. Sure. I guess, I don't know, what does he think is going to be best for the team now? Like, what is what do you think Bill is considering when he thinks about what's best for the team? Because there's been times in the past, which we also talked about, where there was a hole in the roster, and he fixed that hole. He got receivers in 07. He got uh, guys in the secondary in 2014. That's, you know, he's done that before. But that was eight, nine years ago. It was almost a decade ago that he last really addressed a big problem, uh, brought in some players, and all of a sudden, you know, you got this elite talent at, the, at those positions. Here's the thing. Someone like Darrell Revis. Uh, someone like Randy Moss, someone like Wes Welker, these guys, you know, I traded for those guys. Stephon Gilmore. Gilmore, other ones, more apt to sign here if you know you got a championship, uh, at the very least, an AFC championship appearance slated in every single year. You know that, and so you want to come here. And I just sort of wonder, like, there's not a lot of great free agents out there anyway. These trades that he's going to have to make, even DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is a distressed asset right now. He wants out of Arizona, and they want him gone. And it's still going to cost you a lot. It's not like Moss. You could just give him a fourth-round pick and take Randy Moss, and you're all set. Everyone still knows how good Hopkins is. And I just, I wonder. I wonder if Bill's up for this. I just, I wonder about that. Because this past year was so damaging uh, to, to not his legacy, because his legacy is going to be intact. He's the greatest of all time. But it's damaging to what he is now. Right now, it's hard to it's hard to trust that he has the answers, and I just it's it's weird. It's weird to be in that sort of position. It's weird to think about Bill that way. So all this speculation over the last couple of days, and I've certainly been part of it. So I'm throwing myself into the speculators. Is what is when is the meeting going to happen right. between Bill and Kraft, and what's going to come out of it? What's going to be the path forward? When the hell are they going to pick up the phone and call Bill O'Brien? So Tommy Curran. He just wrote this less than an hour ago. This is the latest. He says, the meeting, I am told, has happened. That's the meeting between Bill and Kraft. Must have been quick. (laughs) There is no impasse. The Patriots are on to 2023 with Belichick acknowledging 2022 wasn't ideal and being amenable to changes. Don't expect a dog and pony show announcing firings or who's coming in for an interview. Belichick isn't going to put anyone's head on a spike for the pleasure of the masses. But my understanding is offensive coaching reassignments are going to happen. Yeah, And several offensive coaches are under consideration for the Patriots 2023 staff. One important important facet of the meeting, did Belichick need persuading to change course on offense or did he go in acknowledging changes were necessary? My understanding is that no persuading on the part of Kraft was necessary. And that's important in the, quote, meddling owner trope that stings Kraft. Both he and Jonathan Kraft have stressed publicly they stay out of Belichick's way. They said it on the record that Belichick has earned the latitude to run the football team as he sees fit. Does any of that, um, I guess, change your perspective on what you just heard a couple days ago from Bill saying what's best for the team? Yeah, I think that there's a very neat, tidy, clean answer to all this that keeps Bill where he is and brings in an offensive coordinator who's still beholden to him and who you don't have to, I don't think, pay much for. I don't know how much it would cost to bring in Bill O'Brien. I mean, it probably costs more than Patricia and Judge. But uh, it's a guy who... Well, yeah, somebody else is paying their salary. Right, exactly. And that would be the case Anyone? if you brought in uh, Kingsbury. Yeah. But I think for, uh, for Bill O'Brien, it's a continuation without having to reassign everybody. Because if you brought in Kingsbury, he's not going to say, all right, I want Patricia and Judge on my staff. Help me run this offense. He's going to say, no, 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 I'm going to bring in my people. We're going to run my offense. 
Bill O'Brien's going to say, yeah, sure, I'll work with whoever. I remember Matt Patricia. I remember Joe Judge. Those guys were here when I was here, if they were even. But, like, you know, these are all Patriots guys. These are all Bill's guys. It's a continuation. It's a name that people remember. It's a name that people like. People like Bill O'Brien. Um, it's a name that probably precludes you from signing DeAndre Hopkins or trading for him. And uh, we can get to that in just a minute. There's a history there between those two. But I sort of feel like it's just too perfect you know, it it addresses all the problems that we sort of perceive here, but it doesn't really fix them. It just kind of O'Brien. I just sort of feel like is more of the same. He's better than Patricia. He's better than than Judge, sure. But if you're talking about you know Mac Jones and his future, just bringing in another Bill guy and hoping that this one works out better than the last one, and it probably will. It couldn't be worse. I just I don't know if that's enough. I don't know if that's enough for me. I don't know if that's enough for the team. Arcan, I gotta talk to you about something like. There are He's moments. He's a bummer, isn't he? I'm a bummer. You, you had to live I know. in the good moments. This isn't a good moment for this the team right now. This is a good right moment. No, it isn't. Belichick Bill, is essentially talking to Kraft that Patricia's not coming back to that position. Not coming back least. is that job, but I don't know who he's bringing in, and I don't know necessarily if rearranging a, a bunch of deck chairs it's like, can we, is can the way to do this. Can we say that this is a start? Sure. They, they had the meeting. If it actually The is. meeting already well, happened. Let us twist your arm. All of the... Bill didn't have to be persuaded. He went in, essentially, sounds like the closest Belichick is ever going to be to hat in hand saying, that didn't go so well. Three words. I was wrong. Yeah, I don't think those words were uttered in I that. doubt he said that, right? But I think he said, <laughs> well, you know, that was really disappointing. I think he should have because he was wrong. That was really disappointing. Going to have to go in another direction. We're on the same page about where we're going in another direction. Matt and Joe, they got to find other places here because I'm not going to fire him completely. Right, but what, uh, you know, so where are they going to be? Is he still going to be an offensive line coach? I'm fine with Joe Judge going back to special teams. I'd be fine with that too, but I also that don't solves know, you know. Two, like... That solves three problems. <laughs> it solves your, well, it solves two problems. It solves your problem of having Joe Judge so close to Mac Jones right. and yapping in his ear nonstop. And it solves your Cam Accord problem, which we're still radio silence. And according to Tommy Curran, Sounds like he's not gonna fire there's him not going to be any dog and pony show parading Cam Accord around, which is fine. I didn't want that. I just wanted to know that he wasn't going to coach that unit. You know anymore. why he's not firing anybody? Because it makes him look bad. He knows that that's a reflection on him. He knows that he said, hey, if anything goes wrong, you, know, you can blame me. You know what looks bad? So he's not Missing the playoffs two, two out of three I seasons. agree with you. I agree with you 100%, which is why some of these guys probably deserve to be moved on from. But he's not going to do it because he knows what the optics are. And he knows that that reflects on him. And I just sort of feel like bringing in another one of his guys and continuing to do everything his way is just, I don't know. I'm sorry. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't feel great about that today. I don't know how anybody how could. How are you not feeling good? I don't understand this. Do, are the callers just like, are they as do this is this is just like the Devers signing. And maybe there's something horrible coming on the horizon. Maybe. The way the Trevor Story injury has been released. They, it wasn't that I didn't like the Devers signing. It was that it pissed me off that they had this kind of money. <laughs> you know, that they How had this money. How do you not like And they could have spent that, it on Xander Bogarts or on happened. Mookie Betts. You got people left and right saying, oh, I don't know if Belichick's going to be back. Oh, I don't know if Belichick wants to take direction from He should be fired crack. if he goes in know. and says, I'm not changing anything. Belichick and he's shouldn't he's be general manager changes. anymore. You got all this crazy, these crazy rumors on all these other stations and blogs and every and Twitter and everything. And here we have, it's fine. Behind closed doors, Belichick knows that this didn't go the right way. He went to Kraft, essentially said, you don't even have to say it. We're on the same page. Moving forward, it's going to be different around here. You know what that... This is how I'm feeling. That makes me feel right. great. I think you guys are really, really overly optimistic about this meeting. 
I mean, oh, you're, you're saying that the optics of it would be bad. Like, Bill Belichick would be concerned if he kept, you know, if, if he, he fired, fired these guys. People, yeah. Don't you think it would be a lot worse in his mind if he brought back the same guys and they made the same mistakes? Because I have no reason to believe he that they would have He is bringing back the same guys. He's just moving them around. He's bringing them all back. None but they're not in positions of power, Christian. It's, I think it, it would be so much worse if he was just like, no, we're I, I can't fire these guys because it makes would be me worse. look bad. You're right. I think he worse. looks so much worse if he brings them back because he's afraid of looking bad. All right, well, let's see who he brings in. Let's see if all these reassignments actually happen. They're going to bring right. in Bill O'Brien. They're going to bring in DeAndre Hopkins. Those guys have mended fences yeah, from right. that bye really, bye, really bad, bad meeting. Joe Judge is going to overtake special teams. Maybe Billy Yates will take uh, a step forward. And Nick Cayley can coach some tight ends. It's a good thing. And you just want to rain. I know you're sad it's your birthday. I understand. I know. 41's a big deal. I'm having a bad day today. But Meg, look, at, look at how happy Megan is. She's doing her Megan dance. Oh, yeah. This there is, go the hands. You can't big, bring that girl down, no matter how big, hard you try. I gotta, this is one of the prime wedding songs, like wedding, wedding dance song. song, like wedding dance floor. You want to get everybody on the dance floor? Mm-hmm. Old to young? Yeah. Grandma's out there. She's got the walker. It's a good one. I you saw got the, cool You got the, the three-year-old, and everyone's pretending like the dancing is cute, but they're really wondering when the three-year-old's going to go back to the hotel room right. so the parents can get drunk with everybody. <laughs> You're in that world. I am. I am. 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. The Grim uh, Reaper. Let's go to the phones and talk to uh, Chris, who's about, you think I'm bad. Uh, let's go to Chris, who was in Boston. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up? Uh, I wanted you guys' thoughts. Um, we have, the, I believe, the 14th pick in the draft. Um, I don't see us trading for D-Hop. It's going to go against what Bill does, and that's, you know, getting the guy off the cheap. Um, well, I Chris, he did trade really, a first-round pick for Brandon Cooks uh, about five years ago, so it's uh, not like he's uh, never done it before. He has. It didn't work, but he did, second he did try Second-rounder for Mohamed Sanu. And a second for Sanu. That's true. Yeah, but they're not D-Hop. You know? No. That's a lot of money now. Um, but I think there's multiple ways that they can go with the draft. Uh, I'm going to you know, rattle off some names, and you guys tell me what you guys think. Um, they can move up, get um, that tackle out of Northwestern. Peter, he's projected to be the best, you know, pass-blocking tackle mm-hmm. coming out of college, and God knows we need to protect Mac and push the ball downfield. Or get Quentin Johnston from TCU. He's getting compared to guys like Debo Samuel. So that's a guy that they're saying you could draft and immediately plug in and be like a, a game-breaker for Thanks you. Thanks for the call, Chris. I appreciate that. I don't want to go through all the different guys in the draft. I'll just say this. I don't trust Bill Belichick to draft a wide receiver, I'll tell you that. Uh, sorry, no, sorry if that's, that's me fair. being a wet blanket, but if he if he goes anywhere near a wide receiver, I'm just going to assume it's a buzz. <laughs> no way. I, I want to say something to callers. Mm-hmm. No draft talk yet. No draft talk yet. I'm sorry. We'll get there. A, it, we'll, we're we're going to have so much time for draft talk. Yeah. The silly season is coming. I, I don't want to do the draft talk yet. Oh, there's this tackle out of <laughs> Mississippi. I'm da, sure da, there da, is. Tankathon yeah, mock draft I, I as the Patriots you. taking Joey Porter Jr. I'm going to tell you, I barely glanced at it. Barely. Yeah. There's too much other stuff to get to. It's way more fun. We'll be in silly season. In a little while, we'll get there. None of that. I'm too busy crapping all over everything. Let's go to uh, Bill and Holyoke. Hello, Bill. Whoa, hold on. You know, it's funny. I'm not going to talk about the draft, but uh, guys that surround the draft. Imagine being part of the scouting department and a guy leaves and you and you look at potentially being a, a scout for the uh, Patriots and Belichick, the, the player and personnel guy, doesn't listen to your recommendations. I mean, you're you're away from your family 40, 45 weeks out of the year probably, and uh, he doesn't even listen to the work you put in. That's got to be frustrating. Yeah, I'd imagine it is, Bill. Thanks for the call. I don't know exactly what that dynamic is. I know That's that, been uh, the knock. The Nikhil Harry thing. Oh, my one. God, yeah. that year was all the scouts coming back. 
talking about all the other great receivers in that class mm-hmm. and Bill going with his buddy. He's like, nah, I know, I know what I'm doing here. We're going, we're getting that guy. <laughs> we're getting, the, he wasn't I even the just, best receiver on that team. Brandon Ayuk was better than exactly. him. Um, let's Listen, try there's uh, some great linebackers coming out, Bill. You're really going to love these guys. They're really guard. But, Bill, we, we need a pass rusher here. No, guard. Trade back and get a guard. Chattanooga. Right? That's what we're doing. Make the call. Uh, Tim and Chicopee, go ahead. Yeah, guys. Hey, so I, I called last week. It's just still coming down to this, right? Supposedly they had a meeting today or whatever. And they're going to, you know, he has his little Maya culpa moment, I guess, right? But there's nothing that's going to change at all. Because they're still going to let him run the operation like it's run. Total failures here. We don't need to rehash that. But I'm telling you, you know, old man Kraft, unless he turns it over to Jonathan then and, and lets him, like, not push this guy out the door, besides putting the hammer down, I mean, they're going to have so much cap money next year. And a couple callers, and you guys have alluded to it, do you actually think, not that that solves the problem, right, this cap money, hmm. but it, it not doesn't solve the problem. Okay, thanks for the call, Tim. Um, this is what it sounds like in the Mac Jones household, in your neck of the woods. Probably. They're like, Sophie's like, let's go. Yeah. They're uh, picking up the dog, they're <laughs> dancing around. They're like, he's he's gone, babe, don't worry. Everything's it's cool. It's not going to wreck your life all Next year. 617-779-7937 is your phone number. We'll continue with your phone calls next. It's a celebration. All right, it's 348 here, Sports Radio, WEEI, Christian Arcan, Megan Ottolini. It's Arcan and Mego. Uh, before we get back to the phones here, I just want to explain something. Okay. That explain yourself. Any other time that a coach or GM or anybody makes a mess like this, and we all agree Bill made a mess this year, don't we? Yes. There's always going to be a, a faction of people who don't want the guy who made the mess to clean it up. I think that same thing happened with Danny Ainge a couple of years ago. I think it's happened with a lot of people. With Dombrowski, to an extent, it kind of happened. There was a bit of a mess there with all those contracts. And what usually happens, what you, the way this usually goes, is when you make a big mess like this that may set your offense back and everything back, you don't always get the chance to clean it up. And I just feel like saying, you know, no convincing, everything's fine, we're just going to let Bill do it is not how these things usually go. That's all. And I don't know that it's the best idea. And I'm not sure that Bill O'Brien, because he's Bill's guy and not going in a different direction with this offense, maybe a more modern direction with the offense, is the best move. Maybe it is. We'll see. Um, I'm certainly be happy to eat crow on this. But that's sort of the point. Like, Bill made this mess, and everyone's so gung-ho about him cleaning it. Well, I'm gung-ho about him cleaning it. I'm gung-ho about the fact that it sounds like, according to Tommy Kern's reporting, that there was a meeting in which... He walked in and said, cleanup needs to happen. He admitted there's a mess. Right. Cleanup needs to happen. Like, to me, after the bill that we've gotten all season, that's big progress. And so I hear what you're saying. I also think it's a bit of a fool's errand to say, well, every other coach, even really good coaches, even really good GMs, these guys all have to pay for it. Because this is this guy's the best. And he, I, he's earned the special treatment. He's the best he GM has. right now? Uh, right now? No, absolutely not. I don't but, think he's but, been the best GM for a while. Right. I agree with that. I'm just saying the track record, like at some point you earn the special treatment. And if anybody's earned the special treatment, it's him. Now people are nearing the end of their rope the way that it sounds like you are. Yep. Where you say, is this even the same guy anymore? Is this even the same guy who could clean stuff up from 
2009 do the fastest rebuild, quickest, least painful rebuild ever in 2010? And from an NFL perspective, I totally, totally fair to question that. I'm just saying we spend so much time with the doom and gloom of this football team, Mm -hmm. and it has been so aggravating, and I've hated it so much. I'm going to take this little, little bit, (laughs) this tiny sliver of cake. Of good news. And eat it. I'm going to wish real hard. (laughs) Click my heels together. Okay. We got you got to find little slivers of joy. I don't have to do anything. Life. I'm 41 today. I, I don't have do. to do anything. It's that your stuff. birthday. <laughs> this is the present you got. The present you got is apparently Bill is gonna get gonna move Matt Patricia at least. Maybe. Well, maybe he is. Uh, it sounds like Tommy Curran thinks he is, and he may have told somebody told Robert him. Kraft that he will. But let's see if he I actually believe his does source. it. I believe it too. Let's see if it actually happens. Uh, let's go to the phone. Sam is in Maine, and he doesn't think there's any reason to celebrate either. Sam, okay, uh, you're speaking go. my language. Sam, let's hear it. Definitely not your birthday. Yeah. Basically, the way I see this going is Belichick's going to wait around, wait around, wait around, and Joe Judge will be calling plays next year. No. Rod Mayo will that be would gone. Be a be, you know, exactly. He didn't say he's hiring anybody. He said shuffling around, reassigning. So it'll be Joe Judge. Rod Mayo will be gone. You know, Mac will be another year wasted down the road. They'll end up trading him for a fifth-round pick. It's, 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 it's going to be a disaster. This is the same guy. When Brady left, he just waited and waited and waited and picked Cam Newton off the scrappy. Like he, there's no sense of urgency. He's going to wait and wait and do what he wants to do. Thanks for the call, Sam. I wonder about that with Bill O'Brien. I do wonder, and I'm not being, I'm not putting no, on this, the thing here. This is, hey, first of all, you wait camp, around too much. Camp, someone's going to hire him. First of all, don't apologize for your opinion. <laughs> okay, don't start that way. I know I'm bumming everybody no. out, but I just I'm telling you, it's your like, birthday. You yes. can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> And if you want to throw a funeral on your birthday, that's fine. That's your. It's kind of weird, but it's your. It's your vibe. <laughs> the urgency is so concerning. Yes. With the offensive coordinator position, I love that this that there's a report that this meeting happened between Bill and Kraft. But it's like, does Bill know how to charge his cell phone? What is happening there? Call. Yeah. Make the call. Yeah. Call him up, and make sure you're texting the right guy. Make sure you're texting the right <laughs> Bill. And that you're not texting Brian Flores instead of Brian Dayball, okay? Well, we snap face there when we were talking about that. <laughs> you know, that we are we sure that he that he sent it to the right the right message to the right bill? Uh, let's try Nick on the Cape. Hello, Nick on the Cape. Hey, um, so I have a theory of what's going to happen, and Bill's going to save face with everybody. Patricia's going to Mayo's going to go, and Patricia's going to call over the defense to help out, and he's going to assume a defensive coordinator again. Basically, they probably won't title it. And then they'll either bring someone in or someone like Nick Haley is going to go up. Okay, that's uh, that's interesting, Nick. If Gerard Mayo does leave, it will be because they didn't offer him a coordinator position here. I'm not sure if he's going to get a lot of head coaching offers. I do think there's going to be teams out there that want him to be their D.C. If Bill refuses to give him that title here and let him go after this great season the defense had, I, I don't like that either. I'm sorry, I don't. I really don't like the optics of that. I don't like the optics of letting a guy who was a former player who you were just singing his praises this past week well, he over loves, the whole thing with he Hamlin. He loves Mayo. He loves Mayo, but he'll let him walk so that his, you know, so he can give his son the coordinator position. It's not just about the the position; it's the responsibility. I sure. mean, Mayo doesn't call the defensive plays. Right. Steve does. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you can't. That, that's a case. Like I'm totally agreeing with you. That's a case where 
they'll can't say, well, titles don't really mean much around here. It's like, okay, well, what about what you actually do? Yeah. Doesn't that mean a lot? And also trying to, you know, have momentum upward through the league. The only reason why the titles matter this year is because you're not giving them titles. (laughs) Every other year you have these coordinators and that's what you call them and it doesn't matter. Fine. Now you don't have them. So it does matter. Titles aren't the most important thing in the world around here. It does. It does when you don't have titles. It does when you suddenly one year decide no more coordinators. This is how I'm going to run it now. Uh, I do think that makes a difference. Kevin is in the truck. Um, Kevin, go ahead. Kevin. Kevin. Yep, I'm right here. Sorry, I took it off speaker. Um, Listen, I think the the thing we're all missing on a couple things is the perfect person for him to bring in to be an offensive coordinator is Nathaniel Hackett. No. He's not. He's not going to get another job That's right true. away for the next two years. Well, there you go. And then you have Nick Haley learn under him and learn the Shanahan system. So all of a sudden it becomes your system. Then you move. You can move Mayo. Let him go be the DC. I know, Barkamp, you're about you're about to explode. But mm-hmm. and he gets. Well, the biggest problem everybody has when they leave New England, all their coaching experience is under the iron fist of Belichick. Yes. Okay, so he goes over to somebody else, watches how they're a head coach, and then when Bill retires, he brings Mayo back as his replacement. And the other team that Mayo's coaching is just going to be like, go ahead, Gerard, go on back to New England where you belong. Like I don't Nathaniel Hackett. Go Broncos. That's right. Can we bring in someone who wasn't uh, run out of town on a rail in in his last job? Is that possible? Can we do that this year? So no on Matt Rule. No on Matt Rule. No on Hackett. No on. Todd Downing just got fired so from the Tennessee Titans. I was about to say Kingsbury's. Their offense right actually might have been put, worse than yours. I don't put Cliff in that I wouldn't put him there either, although he did sort of get run out of town. Uh, 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Quick break. We'll get to your phone calls next. Next hour, also, we'll talk with uh, Brian Scalabrini, the White Mamba, as we take a break, talk some Celtics. That's all coming up in the next hour.